0: I want to thank today's sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so you can have it be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, plus many more. You can make money from your podcast with absolutely no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. Welcome back to the Wrong Advice podcast. I'm your host John Petrucco, and I'm really excited to have a good buddy of mine, Miles Phillips, on the line today. Miles, how you doing, buddy?
1: Doing good today. Thanks, John. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, I can't complain. It's Sunday. It's uh, you know, the sun's out, and I uh, had a chance to spend some time with family this morning, uh, so it's all a good day. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to us, Miles?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Miles Phillips. I'm 24. I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm now living in Denver. Um, I'm a professional photographer and amateur skateboarder and musician.
0: That's awesome. What uh, what instruments do you play?
1: Um, I play a little bit of everything. Uh, my first was piano, but I've been really focused on guitar for about the last 10 years.
0: That's awesome. I own two guitars. I play neither of them. Uh, very well. Um, I got a, uh, Fender Strat, which is gorgeous and I love it and I've, yeah. And I got a, uh, a Fender acoustic, um, like five, six years ago, I picked them up to, uh, really dive into my creative side and, uh, they've been collecting dust definitely over the last 12 months. <laughs>
1: You should uh, pick them up, man. I mean, it's uh, even if you're just doing it like 5 to 15 minutes a day, it's one of those things that can just kind of set your mind straight, you know?
0: Yeah, I know my buddy uh, Johnny Bob, who's probably listening to this podcast, is going to be mad at me because he was my teacher for years, and he is an absolute incredible guitar player. But it's just, I find it hard because it's frustrating because I am musically inclined, but I'm having such a hard time learning it that it's just immensely frustrating. (laughs) Sure. Unlike photography, which I picked up a couple years ago, and I feel like I've got a pretty strong knack for it. But um, tell me kind of how your photography journey started. You know, when did you pick up your first camera? What was it? And kind of how did your experience kind of grow from there?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So I was kind of lost in high school, you know, as most people are when they're, you know, like 15, 16. So um, I was playing music you know i was playing trumpet guitar and piano at the time um but i kind of had decided that music was just a little bit too personal to me so i was looking for something else um that could kind of drive the career um sort of aspect of my life so i started taking a black and white photography class um i was using a nikon fm nice uh 35 millimeter camera yeah it's a uh, it was my, my father's and he was using it in a funnel journalism class in college. And so I got that passed down to me, um, used that and it it all just kind of spiraled really quickly. Um, I started making prints and, you know, submitting them to contests and that kind of stuff and started winning. And, um, then eventually got my first digital camera, um, you know, had a couple of gallery showings and got like flown out to a couple of places, Los Angeles and um just kinda decided from that point, you know, I was gonna go to school for it and wanted to just kinda travel the world and pursue that.
0: I mean that's awesome. I mean that's obviously the dream. And uh having accomplished all that at such a young age, what's like the, the next step on your journey? I mean you, at 24 years old, you've obviously accomplished a lot for someone who's only been doing it for, I would say, what, probably six or seven years. I don't know when in high school you, you picked it up. Um, but what's next for you?
1: Um, right now, I'm just kind of chugging along. Um, I spent a long time traveling, living out of my backpack. And uh, um, I started started in Nepal in 2017. That was like the first major international journey I did and then went to Central America for a few months and the Caribbean and um, just kind of got a taste of all these different areas, but um, eventually kind of ran into some issues of, uh, like, what am I going to be able to do next if I'm not making a steady income? So mm-hmm. got a job in Denver, shooting real estate, um, and just kind of traveling around the state uh, doing that. So I'm trying to kind of build a foundation um, in order to go out and travel a little bit smarter this time.
0: Yeah. And obviously I think COVID probably gave you a nice pause to kind of reflect and, and look at what the next step is going to look like in, in your journey and your career. You. Um, tell me what Nepal was like. I know when I spoke with Shane uh, a couple of weeks ago, he mentioned that you guys um, were buddies growing up and, and knew each other from a young age. Um, he told me that the Nepal journey was something that really rubbed off on him, uh, you know, your kind of influence in that. So what was that like for you? What made you do that? And uh, how does that impact like your your life moving forward
1: i mean yeah the nepal trip was everything man it uh it was a real pivot a real awakening i think for a lot of different reasons um i think it's one of those places where a lot of people go for a similar reason but they come home with a different outtake Mm -hmm. Um, i went there with the intention you know i was volunteering and doing earthquake relief stuff rebuilding schools um, but also brought a couple different cameras with me and a lot of hiking and camping gear uh, with the intention of just kind of trailing off and finding whatever happened um, but it kind of just kind of sucked me in and I think it sucks a lot of people in I mean that in the best and worst ways I mean it completely sucked everything out of my wallet, I'll tell you that. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as far as like what replaced that money and that, uh, you know, I lost weight, I lost money, I lost these things, but like you, you gain so much in the process of that. I think I gained a lot of wisdom. Um, I was also able to see some really incredible architecture meet some in real, really incredible people and, um, have some spiritual experiences that I think I didn't really ever know that I needed to have, but mm-hmm. now I really take them to heart.
0: Uh, I, I mean, that's incredible that at such a young age, and I said that something extremely similar, um, when I spoke with Shane, I, I just, um, you know, it's, it's crazy to me that you guys are very young and you've done a lot that, you know, as someone 10 years your senior is envious of. Um, what was it about these experience that drew you to them and then ultimately like allowed you to take this huge leap to go to Nepal, to travel and take pictures? Like what was it about these opportunities or, you know, maybe what was it about yourself that like allowed you or inspired you to make these, these, you know, pretty large jumps.
1: Well, everybody's running to something or from something, I think. And I like that when I was young, I was running, I feel like I was running from something. Um, you know, I had kind of a rough time in those teenage years. Uh, like my father was in the hospital and, um, on and off with some pretty serious heart, um, and blood issues. And we, uh, I think we we're struggling as a whole family through that. Um, so when I went off to college, I kind of, while I knew that was at home, I was kind of looking for this constant adventure, um, to, you know, like distract my mind. And I think when you get older and mature a little bit more, um, you learn to confront those issues in a little bit of a different light. So, um, but yeah, I think I was running away at first and then, as the years went on, uh, like I said before, I went to the Caribbean for a while. Um, I got a job working there as a photographer, it was the same nonprofit, all hands and hearts that I was with in, uh, Nepal volunteering. Um, so they gave me a job and I was doing photography for them, um, living on St. Thomas for a few months, but I felt like that was a, a result of a post realization from Nepal where You know, I sat on these thoughts and realized that, you know, it's important to volunteer. It's important to build things and do physical labor. But I also felt like that was a skill that was a little bit more easily teachable on a a short um, time frame. So there was a lot more hands that were able to fill that. Um, And I had this realization when I was in Nepal, you know, I'd been working doing some really back-breaking construction work and hurt my back. And one day I couldn't even get out of my tent and my back just hurt so bad. Um, and it lasted for about three days, Damn. Uh, but on the third day I had this moment where I realized it was good enough that I could walk around and I was like, maybe I'll stretch it out and I can go back to work tomorrow or something. Um, and I went for a walk up the side of the hill, Um, And there was this Tibetan Buddhist temple, a really small one. Um, I couldn't even really put a date to the paintings that were inside, but it had usually been locked up. Um, And plenty of people had passed by before. There was always this woman that was kind of the, the gatekeeper of sorts, and she would only open it for herself or people that lived in the village. But one day she opened it for me. It was on that third day. Um, and she invited me to go in and take some photographs and it was kind of this, like just before golden hour and it kind of poured into golden hour. Um, and I left at the time of twilight time of day when, uh, the mist was kind of rolling over the hillside, um, in the Himalayas. But I don't know, it was this moment where I just kind of like realized, you know, maybe what I'm doing does have purpose. And maybe this is the reason I came here was to re-realize that my life back home is the same here and it's the same everywhere. No matter where you go, you know, you're, you're still the same human. So I kind of re-realized my love for photography after being stuck for, um, a little bit of that time period of my life. So, um, I think from that point forward, coming home, no matter what the struggles were, it was a little bit easier to endure.
0: I think that is a wildly impressive uh, mental acumen for you know. I, I hate to to harbor on someone's age, but you're a young guy. When I was 24, um, you know, I, I certainly wasn't world traveling. I wasn't uh, introspective in the way that uh, I find, I guess, your generation is to some extent. Uh, and I'm I'm wildly impressed by by those uh, by those words. Um, what was it about that trip that kind of put into perspective for you, um, those feelings that you can kind of be anywhere and be with anyone, but be like comfortable, I guess, in your own skin and, and like that self-realization and accusation, you know, uh, that allows you to kind of, uh, feel present in the moment like that.
1: Sure. Um, thank you, by the way. Um, I appreciate those words a lot. Um, I think... It's kind of it's kind of that uh, embracement. Um, is that a word, or is or is it just em- embrace? Yeah, embrace. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but you know, you're embracing discomfort when you're abroad, and I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people do travel is to go to some place that's nearly polar opposite to where you're from. Um, and I grew up in such a sphere where I think going to Nepal was quite possibly one of the most different places i could have gone um but when you become comfortable in a place like that that's when you have that realization of like okay maybe i can go everywhere but every place has to be treated uniquely and differently um and you know every place has its own culture and things that it wants to highlight and show to the world um and then of course things that it would like to hide because Yeah. It's a perfect country.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I I would love to dive into how these trips around the world have informed and impacted your art and your photography. Um, cause I feel like you've got uh, a really kind of cool, um, creative style that I would say is pretty unique to you. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't see it replicated often. Oh, no problem. Um, how did those trips, um, you know, there and back kind of impact your art and impact your eye and impact, you know, kind of the, the photographs that you want to make and, and whatnot.
1: Sure. Um, that's a good question. I think there's kind of a different palette for every, every location. Um, and that was something I realized after I, I had been back in Minnesota for about a year, um, after being in And I was kind of craving that more tropical, landscape again because i had been using those photos the whole year after traveling and that was kind of my portfolio at the time um and someone had asked me like do you make anything here and i I thought about it and i was like you know i really don't right now so i started um renting out cameras and trying to um hone in on a style again um and I started to notice that Minnesota and the Midwest as a whole, you know, the Great Lakes region had this really like blue and gold strong um, combo in the cities. And then outside of it had this sort of like, you know, pinkish purple sky with uh, green trees during like sunset. So I was really trying to harness on those colors. And then when I went to Costa Rica after like a year of being in Minnesota, I felt like I was able to look at it in a different light where, you know, I'd compared those two regions, um, like Nepal and, um, Minnesota and seen the differences in the color palettes. So when I went to Costa Rica and saw this like really vibrant green and, you know, all the different yellows and there's cacti and all these different tropical vegetations, depending on which part of the country you're in. Yeah. Um,
0: that's pretty i awesome. felt like i was
1: ready to like grasp that you know and it, yeah. whereas like in nepal it was like such a surprise you know going to this place that was arid and very ancient it was like you're you know what i mean yeah, you're, the, du- the du- you're
0: dueling right, vibrancy of like the, the two places right Yeah, I, I, uh, obviously before we spoke and, you know, we've been connected on, on Instagram, I'm said LinkedIn, but Instagram for, for a couple weeks now, um, there was a a specific photo that I absolutely loved. I'm assuming it was Costa Rica just based on the sunset, but it was like, I don't know if it was like a church or something at the end of a pier, um, with a whole bunch of like seagulls and stuff. Was that Costa Rica?
1: Oh no, that was actually Milwaukee. Oh, Um, you're kidding me well port washington wisconsin technically is about 30 minutes north of there yeah um i think that's an interesting point because when you you know when you go to so many places eventually there's something that remains consistent and i think that's the editing style the shooting and framing style um and then the type of things you're attracted to as well right like Wisconsin's actually a pretty old state when you think about the history of what was created there. Um, and, you know, all the Great Lakes are connected through the Erie Canal, so you have all these really old structures. Um, and Costa Rica, Panama, Nicaragua, all those countries have really old sort of Spanish architecture from colonial times. So I think in terms of, like, colonization, both of those regions have remnants of things from their their origins Mm
0: -hmm.
1: whereas you know a lot of the west like where i'm at now in denver i love the architecture but it's all very modernized it's very like 1900s plus Mm -hmm. so i think to have that kind of ancient relic that's sitting among the present has always been the sort of thing um that i've been interested in photographing
0: I love that. How much? um, I don't know if if "pressure" is the right word or um, influence. Do you find that Instagram has on your work? Um, I I know that um, you know, as a primarily street photographer, a documentary photographer, you know, shooting uh, cityscapes a lot. um, I'm influenced greatly by the success of other photographers, and I and I. Don't necessarily pattern myself off of other people, but when I see other people's work get recognized or shared widely versus my own, I do have like a, a, you know, I'm trying to work on the fact that I do get a, like a twing of, uh, jealousy and, and, or, you know, why is my work not viewed in that regard? Um, do you deal with that at all? And, you know, I, I, you know, I wonder if that, because you've had a, a fair amount of success at a, at a, early age, um, if you can put yourself beyond that already.
1: I think, um, it doesn't really bother me too much. I think it's kind of a weird thing. Like a lot of my friends were hopping on the Instagram game really early when I was, you know, in my, my tweens or teens. <laughs> and I think it's something that I slacked on. I kind of thought, you know, I wasn't super interested in it. I was shooting film at the time. Um, I didn't really value its importance important as a platform until, you know, after it had blown up and I had ignored it for years. So in college, I kind of revisited it and started to try to rebuild it. Um, But, you know, was also really focused on that, like, physical printed presence and a gallery setting. And, um, yeah, I think the the care for it is recent. Mm -hmm. It's definitely recent for me. Um, I didn't start thinking about it as, like, a digital gallery until just about a year ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And as soon as I moved to Denver... So I was, I was in like a role with it, but then as soon as I moved to Denver, um, I stopped posting like right away and stopped editing my photos and just hopped right into the new job and, um, you know, just started doing a bunch of adult stuff. So now I kind of want to revisit it in a new light and maybe, maybe try to be a little bit more innovative with it and make an even more unique presence and, you know, try to focus on community building and that kind of stuff uh i like that i like it you know it's important and it it is great but i think it takes a lot of time and it deserves a lot of attention i think because you're you're not only dealing with your time but other people's time and these are real people mm-hmm. whether you're behind the digital screen or not yep. um and i would like to if i'm going to be on i want to be you know like involved
0: I like that. I, I think you have that uh, very aligned with uh, our, our mutual friend Tyler. Um, cause I think he has done a tremendous job of creating community, um, around, uh, you know, his passion of photography as well. And, uh, that's sort of something that I'm trying to build, um, with this podcast and, and with conversations that I'm having with people around life. Um, I think, uh, it's super easy to, to get sucked into this, uh, very self-centered, uh, you know, uh, self-centric, Kind of life where we're just minding our own business, doing our own thing. And even though we have more connections to more people than, you know, any human being in in human history, it's very easy to be extremely closed off. Um, at the same time, even if we have infinite access to infinite numbers of people. Um, so I, I like the idea that uh, community building is something that um, you've obviously put a lot of focus in, not just, you know, digitally, but also, um, you know, in real life practice as well when you're, you know, building homes and stuff in, in Nepal. Um, you touched on film and digital. Um, I, I teeter back and forth between the two mediums, and I'm just curious what your thoughts are, um, between, between the, uh, intentionality when you use one versus the other.
1: Sure. That's a good, uh, topic. I think lately I've been using mainly digital. Um, it's mainly just because of what's required for work. And, um, not even what's required, but like what's, Easy. Expected, I guess, yeah. like, as, as terms of like turnaround time and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I, I love film, and I think everybody that's avid in photography should, like, definitely take the time to try it. But if you're going to just do it, you know, as like a cool whatever aesthetic thing like this is just this is just to try film whatever um you know it's it's nice for some people to have that kind of like nostalgic thing that's like like the polaroid you know that's hanging on your wall or whatever Mm -hmm. but if you're really going to take it seriously as an art form um you know there's an immense about amount of freedom you have in Photoshop and things like that to create a style for yourself, but also when you're choosing a film stock or you're choosing a camera or you're choosing a lens for that matter, all these different combinations create a unique style. Um, so your intentionality behind that is kind of everything, and it really decides on what your end product is going to look like.
0: I like that because I feel like I've struggled with that a lot. I have like gear acquisition and, and gear sell syndrome. Like I buy and sell cameras and change my kit. Fucking so often, like, my my local camera store probably thinks I'm a lunatic. Um, but I started to pare down recently into, like, being very specific on when I do something. So, if like, I'm doing a model shoot, I'll bring one camera and one lens. Uh, if I'm doing street photography, I'll do one camera, you know, whether it's uh, X100V or, or, like, M6, uh, which I actually just sold. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, I'm, I'm going through this phase where it's, like... I don't know what my own style is, and I don't know what my own editing is, and I still am trying to kind of uh, grow as an artist uh, to, sure. like, really be keyed into what it is, like, I'm trying to make and what the intent behind the images I'm trying to make. And while I love shooting film, and my main reasoning behind shooting film for the last four or five years was... Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Instagram as a digital, um, what'd you say, a digital, uh, gallery? Yeah, digital gallery. I like the thought of that. My, my only con to that is, is like when I die, Like, nothing that I've created, if it's all digital, is going to exist anymore. Um, So that's why I got into printing tons of my photos uh, and shooting film. Because, like, at the end of the day, when I die, like, there's going to be an archive of thousands of negatives. And I'm not saying, like, it's going to be worth anything or uh, even that anyone's going to want them. But I just like the thought that something that I created will exist, you know, physically beyond, uh, you know, my time. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, so I, I have struggled mightily with trying to figure out what that style is and what that vision is. Um, what is it that um, you know? I guess over the last couple of years, that has allowed you to kind of key into your aesthetic and and
1: um,
0: and, and your you know vibe, etc., that you're trying to create with your images.
1: Well, I think it's kind of uh, a manipulation of time. So you take an image, um, and oftentimes when I'm traveling or I'm at a location. Um, it's in the midst of moving somewhere quickly. I'm on the way to somewhere else. Um, and there's all these different things running through your mind. So oftentimes I don't edit the images I shoot until months later, maybe years later. Cool. Oh. So instantly there's this feeling of nostalgia where, you know, maybe I'm sitting in, uh, Colorado where I am now. Um, and I'm editing a photo from Panama. It has this, it instantly has this feeling of nostalgia. So already your intention as far as editing goes is geared towards harnessing that nostalgia, that feeling of what did it feel like to be there? What were the colors like beyond what the negative or the image file has in its raw setting? You know, like what can you do to enhance that feeling to make people there? So that's when you take specific hues and you're really pushing them and you mute others and you either make a soft or a harsh texture, you know, depending on what it feels like. So I think, you know, a lot of people are using presets and things like that these days. I use them, but they're always being, always being tweaked. Like there's never like a a preset that just works perfect for one photo. Um, And that's why I've never really tried to sell them either because I'm aware that they're not, really useful in that respect you know they're just kind of like i have like gritty ones and like film ones that you know are like certain film stocks but at the end of the day it's not that film stock it's something that i made it's something unique um and so you have to kind of treat it in that way
0: yeah i like that i uh <laughs> yeah that's funny um yeah i uh i have a, a very uh <sighs> very aggressive love hate with, uh, with presets. Um, I don't love like content creators online that sell them to people because they've got a wide reach and audience of people who, um, will look at their preset and say, Oh, cool. If I put that on my photo, it's going to look just like this and it's going to be amazing. And that's just not necessarily like factual. Um, but yeah, um, that that's funny. Um obviously you're a young guy, you've traveled the world, you've done some really cool things. Um what's what would you say at 24 years old is your greatest success to date?
1: Wow, that's a that's a big one. Um <laughs> I think there's different there's different answers for that. Like there's you know, there's the coolest place I've been, there's the coolest thing I've done and um you know, right now, I think it's kind of where I'm sitting currently. Um, and you know, someone on the outside might look through the window and say, "I mean, I hope so- nobody's looking through my window." <laughs> way, but, um, <laughs> if somebody were, dude, he's just sitting there, like you know, like playing guitar or editing pictures or playing video games or whatever. Um, and I eat, you know, like the same five meals every week, it seems, but like um i'm very stable and i think the fact that i get to go to you know like five to seven properties per day um on mountaintops and you know take landscape photos and architectural photos it's the dream it's every every step of the past few years of my photography career have led up to this um and i feel like both emotionally financially um and then a million other things it just feels right
0: that's awesome I, I mean to be to have that level of fulfillment uh, at 24 I think is not only rare but um, it's incredible um, you mentioned obviously a different a few different kind of uh, photography styles and, and photography uh, you know genres that you dabble in um, do you have one particular um, genre or type of uh, art that you make and if so what uh, which is it
1: yeah so I've made three different editions of these aluminum composite prints uh I've only done it with actually no there's there's six of them now so there's three from Costa Rica um and they're the biggest ones they're five feet by seven feet wow. aluminum prints um yeah they're they're large they're really difficult to transport but I think the intent behind those is as far as like a fine art um realm of photography goes, probably my biggest accomplishments. Um, two are in Minneapolis still safely at, um, the university I attended. And then one's in Miami also safely on a wall, um, in the young arts headquarters. Um, and young arts is a non-profit that I submitted to, they were holding a contest for under 18 artists. So I, I did that when I was 16 and uh wow. got formed in los angeles and you know i got some prize money you got to be in a gallery and stuff but um then they kind of open you to this alumni network so you know if anybody's listening to this they're under 18 um, and they're going to be 18 or under in the fall young arts is a really good thing to apply to um, because not only do they set you up for an instant opportunity but i think. Later down the line, as an artist in your career, you know, they have grants and things like that and gallery opportunities. So that's how I was able to get um, that piece into the show in Miami. And then later into their headquarters um, was just through that alumni network. That's awesome. Um, Yeah.
0: So it sounds like you've got a lot to be proud of and you've got a, a considerable amount of accomplishments, uh, you know, not just winning contests and stuff, but obviously, um, to be able to travel across the world and help people in need. Um, I mean, that's just incredibly, uh, noble and, and giving of yourself to do these types of things. Um, so you've got a lot to be proud of at a young age. Is there anything that you, can look back at and be incredibly regretful of is there anything that at you know miles phillips 24 years old sitting in denver today uh is like fuck what did i do that for
1: (laughs) um yeah i mean of course like (laughs) i think every every trip i came back from pre-2020 Um, you know, I came back broke and that was a mistake. Um, I'm way better with my money now, um, budgeting. And
0: I think that's, I think that's understandable.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, not a whole lot of regret, like as far as the choices that have been made in the places that I've gone. Um, I think, I think my biggest regrets are sitting sitting still unintentionally, you know, mm-hmm. like you, you can sit still unintentionally. And if you're like reading a book or you're contemplating or you're just resting, whatever, um, you know, that's useful. It's mm-hmm. really useful. And I think part of a natural day, but if you're sitting still without intention, which I've done in some places and I've just bought like, you know, my third coffee for the day or whatever, or my, my third beer. And it's just like, yeah, but, you I could know, be doing if so there's something more. else on your mind that you're pushing towards and it's bothering you, you got to grab it. So when I have those moments when I, it's bothering me and I don't grab it, then I have regret.
0: I like that. Uh, something that at 35 I struggle with is getting inspiration to like make art or write or, uh, you know, record podcasts and stuff. I feel like, you know, so much of my day is, um, you know, the time is budgeted with work and family and such that it, it sometimes becomes difficult for me to flex the creative muscles that I Feel like probably give me the most, you know, uh, life boost that I, that I could ask for. Um, when you're feeling kind of in that rut of, you know, lack of creativity or lack of inspiration, what are some things that you do that um, can kind of boost your mood or, or, you know, boost your desire to, to be creative?
1: Um, I think lots of persistence and patience. Um, You have those moments where you're, you know, wondering what you're supposed to be doing or what you should be doing. And um, I think just kind of looking at your life and realizing, you know, you don't always have to take a photograph of something that inspires you. You don't always have to create um, in every given moment where you have an inspiration, Um, I think allows me to kind of, take that those moments of inspiration and more like save them up Mm -hmm. if you
0: will. Oh, I like that. Um, Like a creativity bank.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You make like a little bank in your mind slash heart and you just kind of, you know, set it off in this corner of your room. And then one day you're going to walk in there and you know, you're, you're hyped up, you're ready to go and you have this inspiration, but you're just like, but like, what is it? I don't know what it is. And then you read, revisit this notebook or this mind space or however you want to organize it and just grab it and just go at it. Um, and I think it applies to any medium of creativity today. I've been recording a lot of music. So there's this, this one song that I'm working on now. And usually I make like a bunch of riffs, um, and create like an album of work each year. Mm -hmm. Um, this year I kind of went about it the same way. It's slightly disappointing, but also sort of rewarding where I made like eight riffs, but then they all ended up being components of the same song. So it's like, instead of like a whole album in a year, I get one song, but I think the one song is like better than last year's album. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that creativity bank, you know, you're, banking in on all these little different pieces and one day your mind just kind of explodes with the motivation to move forward
0: oh that's pretty good um I, i think i've gotten lucky in that i've lived a lot of my life like extremely comfortable in my own skin and and um i guess just innate confidence in myself in the ability to do things like, uh, start photography, start a podcast. I actually made the intro for my podcast and kind of turned it into an own little song myself. Um, and I just, I just kind of live by this philosophy that like, I'd rather do something and fail than not do it at all. Um, and I don't know what it is about me inherently inside me that gives me the confidence to just try a million things, whether I'll be successful or not, you know, remains to be seen. Um, but what gives you confidence? Confidence either in your artwork, your music, etc. What kind of gives you the drive to keep going and uh, be successful?
1: Um, I think maybe I was lucky in that I I felt like I was kind of weird from a, a really young age. And a lot of people thought I was kind of out there at a really young age. So I always kind of approached life uniquely in that way. Um, maybe for somebody who is looking to become more comfortable in their skin or confident. Um, I think it's just that, that go at it every single day sort of attitude. Um, and, you know, maybe you're taking one photo a day, but if you're printing it or you're putting it in a folder or you're putting in a collection of images, all of a sudden it becomes a collection. It becomes a thing. It becomes a project. And, Whether it's a subject that someone else is interested in or not, you know, you're presenting this completed project that you've hammered away at and you've made into this consistent bubble of work. Mm -hmm. Um, That's impressive, right? Like, whether it's a topic that someone else can thrive with or not, it's impressive.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think it's also important, like, when you... Do something, whether it's making music, whether it's photography, artwork, etc. Um, it's it's important for you not to like crave outside validation for it, um, because I know I'm super guilty of that. Because you throw an image on Instagram and it's you know one of my favorite photos I've ever taken, and I'm so proud of this image, and it gets 15 likes, and you're like, well, fuck, you know. I think uh, the mindset of being able to be content with the thing that you've created for its creation's sake, and not necessarily 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 having to worry about what the outside world perceives of it, um, is a, is a very freeing, um, mentality. Um, so, I mean, that's just something that I I struggle with and I think most people do. Um, but I think if, if you're lucky enough to get beyond that, um, it could be a super freeing, uh, feeling.
1: Right. And, you know, you're thinking about, instagram in terms of your portfolio like if this is a digital gallery to you or it, if it is some sort of collection that you're curating um you know let's say you walk into a physical gallery space can you like or comment physically <laughs> on work you know you can't so i fucking like love the, that. <laughs> the difference right like is there is there really a difference here like does the do these things do anything other than boost your engagement
0: you know. Uh, I, I really genuinely appreciate that sentence. Um I think that is such a crucial uh, important thing for me to think about and other creative people to think about. Um, because like for me, like, you know, you, you having already been up in a gallery, that's amazing. I've, you know, been lucky enough to have hung some photos in some stores and some coffee shops and stuff like that, but never like a gallery. That's like the goal. Right. Um, but you're right. It's not like someone's walking around up to your image on a wall and writing on underneath it. Like this sucks or
1: harding it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. And all those things are different, right? Like, your work on instagram is probably going to get seen the most but i think in terms of like a coffee shop or a gallery you're maybe going to be a little bit more appreciated and
0: yeah and, and much more honestly proud. like
1: yeah and and like a gallery you know like you were saying is kind of like a more esteemed high class sort of atmosphere but at the same time less visited um for sure you know i've had some really big pieces of work that i've invested a lot of time and money into and have been seen by probably 15 people before COVID. and a lot of that's timing but it's like you know you put your work in a coffee shop like everybody goes to some sort of beverage or food shop you know like if you're Putting your work in enough places like that, I think that's where the true like in-person impact and exposure is. You know, you go grab a slice of pizza, you see some silly drawing. Um, silly drawings are perfect for pizza shops. Where I think like a coffee shop is more suitable to like a high-class street photography gallery or something like that. You know.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, very very worldly views from a extremely young human being and i mean that in all sincerity um as you sit in denver uh you know two in the afternoon on a sunday um are you happy today absolutely and where where would you say you derive most of that happiness does it come from within or from without or from
1: definitely a mixture of both but i would say primarily within um there's You know, this feeling when you wake up in the morning, um and a lot of people like to say, like, I woke up on the right side of the bed, the wrong side of the bed, (laughs) whatever. Um But it's really up to you to decide how you go forth in that day whether you woke up with a backache or not. You know? I mean some of the best most successful days of my life have been with a backache, and that just is what it is. Um and yeah, I was in pain the whole day and it sucked, but like I mean
0: what would you have accomplished if you stayed in bed?
1: Exactly. And what you ever accomplish when you stay in bed, because if you stay in bed all day, what are you going to do at night? I mean, <laughs> I know some people that are nocturnal, like almost to a T, but is it, you know, is, is that a, is that a worldly thing to do? Or is that like a you thing to do? Cause like you're nocturnal. Um, but the rest of the world just isn't, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're doing all of your your business uh, offshore, like <laughs> Hong Kong, you know, like polar opposite time zone. It's like, what are you doing, man? Like, I don't know what 2 a.m. is good for other than wasting time, chilling, hanging out, you know,
0: uh, how I met your mother. Uh, one of my favorite shows had uh, an episode. I think it was called Nothing Good Happens After 2 a.m. or 12 p.m. or something like that. Um, And it was basically just a string of terrible shit that happened to the characters throughout the episode after midnight or 2 a.m. And I think uh, that's true. Um, I think you wander mentally at those times that it's a little bit hard for someone to be creatively impactful. Speaking from personal experiences, obviously there are people who can uh, thrive from midnight to 6 a.m. I just happen to not be one of them. (laughs)
1: That's a super like New York thing. Um just like the no sleep, work all the time and um I mean, I I appreciate that mentality in some respects cuz it's very hard working, it's very motivated. Um but also as someone who comes from like the middle of the forest, I just can't not go to sleep after the sun sets, you know, I just get knocked out. It just happens to me. So I get it. Um, it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun to watch like the whole like wall street thing and like artists in New York and cities like that. Um, I have a very high fascination of,
0: Mm
1: uh, cause you're just moving so quickly. I mean, you could say the same thing about any city. Some people might say the same thing about Denver. Um, I guess I work like 12 hour shifts sometimes, but the point is they're during the daylight. Yeah.
0: Right. Normal hours. Right. Um, we don't have to dive specifically into this, but you did mention that you had, you know, like a rough childhood in the sense that you had to deal with like a, uh, parental illness. And obviously that's never easy. Um, I similar, similarly dealt with my father having heart condition. Um, you know, I had six bypass 10 years ago and thank God he's, you know, alive and well and kicking. Um, I, I, I find that, you know, youth, child, and or uh, any sort of younger trauma uh, can either negatively or positively impact a person's life uh, long term. And without obviously passing any judgment, it seems very clear that you were able to take these difficult situations and turn them into life positives. Um, How would you say you did that? And then ultimately, how have those additional experiences impact your positivity moving forward?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, trauma is one of those things like you can use it as a negative token against you, um, and just kind of let it eat away at you, or you can really kind of harness it and use it as, um, an experience that fuels how you go about your days in the future. Um, I learned a lot about trauma when I was in the Virgin Islands. I was doing, uh photography for yeah i already told you about that um but the the nonprofit I was working for there was doing hurricane relief work mm-hmm. for the victims um with hurricane Irma and Maria so um really kind of devastating things happened there um and it was able it was um allowing of me to realize the traumas within myself that i had experienced Mm-hmm. Growing up um, through the light of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and these have been people, you know, that have had their homes destroyed, homes flooded, and, you know, had lost family members, friends, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but their resilience, I found, was really inspiring. So it's like when you see someone who's going through it, something like that, um, and it's such a powerful impact to them if you let it rub off on you, maybe it's a little bit easier to deal with the things in your own life, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not saying it's good to, you know, like, look down on the trauma of others if it's worse, but like, realize their situation might be worse and that you might have time and effort to give. Um, And that effort of giving, it feels like, you know, to other people, viewing the situation that maybe you're this like giving person, you know, you're giving your time, your money, your effort, whatever, um, to someone else in need, but really you gain just as much, or I feel maybe even more through that act.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, again, I, I hate to harp on, um, your age, but you know, these are themes and, um, experiences that are not often associated with someone who's 24 years old. Um, so a lot of credit, I mean, either goes to you, yourself, your parents, your family, your friends growing up. Um, but, you know, being that this is our first real conversation, I'm floored by uh, kind of all that you have to offer as, as a human being, Miles, if I'm being honest. Um Thank you. You've, yeah. yeah, no problem. For yeah, for sure. Um, you've done a lot. You, you've got commercial you know, successes, you've traveled the world, you've helped others, um, you've done a lot in a short period of time. Um, where do you see yourself in five years from now? And, you know, what's the next step?
1: Uh, that's funny, man. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that lately because, um, I felt a lot of instability for the last five years and the past one, um, you know, it was especially difficult for, I think a lot of people, you know, Mm -hmm. 2020 slash 2021. Sure. Um, but I feel like when I moved to Denver, um, you know, changed my lifestyle, my income, um, really kind of harnessed photography again as a profession and, um, kind of re-adulted, if you will. Um, it's made me kind of want to look into these, um, more long-term plan things um so now i'm kind of thinking about like you know i'll be 30 when i'm in five years um so i'm kind of hoping to continue doing this work um maybe eventually go independent as a contractor in the photography world again um it's nice to be attached to companies and have partnerships and whatnot but Mm -hmm. uh, being your own boss sounds really cool Um, But the big thing for me, like I love Denver. I really do. But I know one day, maybe it's five years, maybe it's 10 years. um, It's going to get really fast paced. And there's pluses to that. But um, I've always felt this attraction to the beach Mm -hmm. uh, and this kind of tropical landscape, seascape um, sort of atmosphere. So Um, and that includes the food as well. I really like Creole cuisine, uh, Caribbean cuisine, Southern cuisine. So, um, I think eventually I'll probably move either Southeast or to the Caribbean, um, and, you know, buy a house outright in cash, no mortgage, Mm -hmm. that stuff just kind of pre-retire, if you will. I don't know. Um, but I want to keep working and I want to keep Chugging along, I just think there's always things to be worked on. And for me, it's that, um, you know, getting back to that feeling of, like, the perfect environment, the perfect photo, um, the perfect series of work, the perfect way of showcasing it. I really like galleries. I really like the idea of, like, collecting work. I just can't afford to do it yet, you know. Sure. Someday, maybe go somewhere on the beach have a gallery, yeah. um, well, son- show my friends work.
0: Make make sure, uh, to include me with an invitation because I'm a beach Absolutely. fan as well. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, I find, uh, I, I, always when I'm looking forward, um, you know, whether it's a year in the future, five years, 10 years, etc. Um, I find it, uh, like a good, opportunity to look backward as well um and to kind of like also think about things that like i'm afraid of transpiring over that next period of time um what's like your biggest fear for yourself today and then like what would be a perceived fear or failure for yourself in the future
1: Ooh, um i think right now i'm scared of like the the things that, um, you know, most people are scared of, like, I'm afraid of like getting bit by a spider and like, <laughs> you know, rattlesnakes and that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, I've had like, I've had a, um, a, what's that thing? I guess it'd be like a King Cobra. Oh, um, when I was in Nepal, it like slithered through my legs. I was wearing shorts. Um, I
0: would ashamed myself this- for sure.
1: Yeah, this dude that was uh showing me through that part of the forest, he turned around and he was just like, You look like a ghost <laughs> because I had just gone straight pale, <laughs> absolutely fearless. Um so yeah, things like that, man, um I'm a lot more afraid of than like the buy a house, you know, um become an uncle, like whatever, that kind of stuff. Uh doesn't really scare me as much. Um that's nice. Because, yeah, I mean I've I've had like not a huge family or not a not a close family. Like I've never really like had extended family that I'm like extremely physically close to. They all live in like different cities and stuff. Mm-hmm. But whenever I see them it's like very cherishable. So I think um and same goes for friends and um you know, other people that I've encountered and traveled and whatnot it's kind of just a nice thing to experience time with people while you can um so i i look forward to that i think
0: that's uh, an impressive view because uh you know Conversely, my experience with my mid to late twenties was very um, tick the box, uh, you know, buy a house, get a, get married, get engaged, white pick a fence. Um, and I didn't really do any of those things. Um, I'm single. I'm, you know, not, not married. I, I've got a dog, but you know, that's the, the, the closest to, uh, ticking the boxes that I've done. Um, yeah. and I think it's super uncommon for someone in that you know age bracket to not feel those um pressures to you know have a certain car um be in a relationship uh you know buy the house etc um so again you know tooting your horn enough on this fucking episode miles but um props to you for you know not keeping up with the joneses in that regard because i don't think that's necessarily a common outlook
1: thanks yeah i mean like don't get me wrong uh all those things are amazing. Um, but you know, they, they come in in the steps they're supposed to. And I think if you jump the gun a little bit too early with certain things, um, you can kind of create a situation for yourself later and it's a little bit harder to fix. So I agree. Um, and for me, that's, you know, one of those things that comforts me is like renting, um, you know, like I said before, I work in real estate. Uh, I'm not an agent. I'm just a photographer. So I don't know everything, but, um, you know, mortgages are pricey, and they can really rack up interest, even if your rates are low, really quickly. I think a lot of people my age are kind of like in this spot where they're like, I need to get into the property game. I need to... Buy something. It's the same deal with like crypto and stocks and all that stuff. You know, I need to buy something and flip something and make money, and it's it is that simple if you have the exact dollar amount. But the credit cards, the loans, the things like this. These are the things that people just diminish a little bit too easily, and they're like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna take out a mortgage. I'm gonna do the minimum down payment, the minimum of payment, whatever. Okay, well. 15 years down the line, 20 years down the line, whatever your mortgage is, you just paid twice the value of the house. You yeah. know, Well Where, the- like you could have just saved that whole time renting and just bought it, you know. The
0: perception is that because everyone else is making money in crypto and everyone else is buying a house and everyone else is doing these things, yeah. I must, something must be wrong with me that I'm not doing them. And that's a real, real good way to fail (laughs) at things in life because it shouldn't be your incentive to do something because someone else is doing it. It should be your incentive to do something because you're genuinely interested in it or it speaks to you on some level beyond, Hey, that's what Joe, Tim and Bob are doing, et cetera.
1: Yes, sir. Um, I mean, if you know a ton about Dogecoin or whatever, Mm-hmm. And you want to invest in it like that's great. But me personally, I know nothing about it. I, I'm pretty sure this, it's just like, I don't know what it is. I, I really don't know what it is. I don't know what the tangibility is. I don't understand how its value goes up and down. So I choose to not partake, but if you're a genius on it, you know, do it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Dogecoin could be an entire episode in and of, in and of itself. for <laughs> sure. Um, out of curiosity, so like we, we've, we've been on the line for, for close to an hour and obviously time flies when you're having fun. Um, what would you say is your biggest advice to someone who's hearing you speak on this podcast for the first time?
1: Persevere. Um, you are going to fail 99 times before your 100th win, you know, and you just kind of got to keep punching because especially when you're starting out, um, I'm assuming there's probably going to be a lot of creatives that listen to your podcast. Um, those people, especially, man, like that's a tough thing to go into. Honestly, if you're just starting out, like you're, you're choosing something to go into, I wouldn't recommend photography. Their equipment <laughs> expensive. It takes a million tries before you win. Um, but you know, if you truly love it, like you love it, you would die for this thing. You would stay up all night, days in a row for this thing. Then, yeah, just persevere um, because it will happen for you and also stay open minded. Like, I did not think I would live in Denver ever. I never thought I would live here. It just happened, you know, and Mm -hmm. things like that happen. But you also find through these experiences that there's things that you didn't think you would like that you do um, and vice versa
0: i like that um i like to wrap up each podcast with a series of questions and just like quick hitters and then um you know one final question so my first question is what is your favorite book
1: my favorite book um i have a few i think i'm kind of a nonfiction guy um if i'm being honest i really like the blue book of guitars. It's just like this massive encyclopedia of guitars. You can find it at music stores. Um, but as far as like, you know, fictional things go, I really like the classics. Um, and, you know, I think there's a lot of like language that might not be interpreted in the best light now, but uh, I think as long as it's understood historically, like Huck Finn, Um, very like powerful story. Um, I think Huckleberry Finn is a really good one. i prefer that one over Tom Sawyer, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also really like those more kind of experimental books. Like there's this one, um, it's called Anthem. It's like a novella and it's one of those kind of existential escape from society sort of things. Um, felt very like Lord of the flies, sort of hunger games ish, kind of thing so um yeah i'm into that kind of stuff
0: nice what's your favorite movie
1: favorite movie um that's so hard but or like a few I, I, I These things too like when you because i i listened to your other podcasts and i was just like ah, i i don't know <laughs> um <laughs> but um dude like casino royale james bond
0: oh yeah for sure
1: such a But <laughs> movie is just so
0: Well, that was what's his name's first role, him, right?
1: You
0: know. That was the first time he played uh, Bond, right?
1: Yeah, first role, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: I like that. Movie. I own that movie on DVD and on Apple TV. Yeah. I'm a fan. What's uh what's your favorite food?
1: Favorite food um I'm really into Creole food. I think I mentioned that before. Um gumbo.
0: Mm -hmm. Is fuck yeah
1: like my favorite? I make jambalaya like, you know they're they're similar. They're not the same thing, but I find jambalaya a a little bit easier to make. I make it on like a weekly basis.
0: Nice. Do you believe in an afterlife?
1: Uh yeah, I I do believe in an afterlife. I think, um, I'm not really exactly sure what that afterlife looks like, um, but whatever it is, it's pretty sick. It's cool. Nice. I agree.
0: Uh Miles, uh the last question that I have to ask is my favorite question that I ask people because it gives people good insight into kind of who they are and like what they're consuming lately, which I think in the society we live with is is nice. Uh it gives people something new to look into. Um so if you have one recommendation um for people who are listening to you today, uh what would it be? It could be a book, it could be a podcast, a movie, uh, etc. Literally anything, just something that you've consumed recently, um that you would recommend for people who are listening to you today?
1: Um, some of my friends are going to laugh really hard at this, but (laughs) you should, uh, listen to Dave Ramsey's baby, seven baby steps to financial freedom.
0: Okay, cool.
1: (laughs) He's got like a YouTube channel. Um, and it's, simple stuff that, you know, it's, I I feel like it's very common sense, but you know, especially as like someone who's like a millennial or like generation Z or whatever the heck I am. I really don't know. Um, (laughs) I don't either. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but you know, you're part of that, like between zero and 40 kind of age. I think, um, there's a lot of things that were shoved in our face growing up. um, about finances and credit and loans and blah, blah. Um, I think it's important to watch these kind of things because, you know, he'll say like the very rudimentary steps of like, get out of debt, Um, create an emergency fund, start investing in these things specifically that are long-term and guaranteed, you know, and Mm -hmm. kind of, no matter what your age is, you're going to be able to benefit from it. So
0: Nice. I like that uh my recommendation um is it's like a little heavy but my recommendation for anyone listening today is to reach out to someone that you haven't talked to in a while and say hi how you doing and catch up i feel like i've done a poor job being a friend in the last year um, and done a poor job on even just texting people or you know connecting with people and i would like to do a better job moving forward you know not just today but you know for the rest of the year and my life in general um, with staying in communication with people that matter and you know the people that i love and hold dear to my heart and i feel like i've got to do a better job doing that um so my recommendation is to send a text say hello catch up with someone who you haven't talked to in a while and uh, just reach out and try to be there for someone that maybe might be going through something that you don't know
1: that's beautiful Thanks, i man. like your recommendation better than mine
0: <laughs> that's okay <laughs> it's just because i haven't read a new book or seen anything good lately so
1: <laughs> i honestly I feel very similarly then um just like, like I said, I'm a very like non nonfiction person, so I get like very caught up in the like real the now, like what's logistical, and sometimes just kind of lose that like that fun or that spirit, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's been a tough year just in general for you know the world, and it's it's understandable when you kind of start doing one thing over and over again, and it's almost harder to break out in in that same token
1: yeah most definitely
0: well Miles man that was uh, an incredibly enjoyable conversation I'm going to link your Instagram and your website obviously in the show notes below um, I'm, I'm incredibly impressed with uh, with the human being that you are and all that you've done in such a short period of time and I know I said it 12 times on the podcast but I think you're a really cool dude and uh, I'm appreciative for uh, Shane and Tyler who introduced us all and, and I, I mentioned to Shane we got to do a nice big group podcast sometime because um, I think you guys are, are young and, and you're doing things the right way and it's uh, it's really cool to see um, I really enjoyed this conversation uh, definitely look forward to having you back on the uh, on the podcast again
1: thanks John so much for the opportunity
0: no problem man have a great day
1: you as well